I am entering the the zone. You're uh, in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! All right, I'm ready. You're for in. You. <laughs> My name is Adam Ashton, this is the podcast about podcasts, and this is where I want to speak to great podcasters to learn what they do and how they do it. Today, I'm speaking with Pete Makaitis. He's the host of a great podcast, it's called How to Be Awesome at Your Job, and he sort of thought, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there for uh, business and for entrepreneurship, but there's no one out there talking about, uh, you know, what are these things that you can do to be awesome at your job? So he interviews experts from around the world in different topics and obviously helps you become awesome at your job. It's a really cool podcast. I actually saw it popped up into like the uh, into the, the top iTunes charts recently. Uh, he's just hit one year, so congrats to that. But here is Pete Nikaitis. Uh, well, uh, maybe, yeah, well, let's just kick it off. Tell us a little bit about uh, about your show. Oh, sure, Adam. Well, thanks for having me. Well, it's called How to Be Awesome at Your Job, and that is the premise, indeed, is that every episode we cover something that is essential you know, for a professional to flourish at work. So these could be skills associated with thinking, communication, problem solving, or, or just your productivity, a career management, relationships, networking, so that that whole world, and it's it's been a whole lot of fun in terms of getting to interview some authors I've looked up to and admired for for quite a while, as well as hearing from folks who are really accelerating their career as a result of of listening and applying some of the wisdom here. That's awesome, and I, there's a lot of podcasts, you know, how to start your own business, how to go, there's not too many how to be awesome at your job though. Um, why did you go down that route? Well, you know, I, I started because I had a training program I was doing and had some cool results in terms of before, after, time saved, in terms of folks being able to communicate better and problem solve better and have better meetings. So I was really excited about that. I was like, my gosh, I think this could be useful for teams all over the place. How can I get the world to know about it? Well, maybe I'll do a podcast. And so that was sort of that original thinking. Plus, I mean, I just genuinely dig this stuff I have mm. ever since I was a teenager. And so I I went with it and it's been it's been fun. You know, it's done well with regard to rankings and growth and, and uh, listener engagement. So it, it looks like there are others who are into it, too. It's funny. I started doing a, a little bit of a, a survey using SurveyMonkey's uh, custom audience tool, which is really cool. And I determined from that, I kind of put a lot of parameters for my target audience, that approximately 4% of people would be extremely interested in listening to such a show, or 4% of the the target segment I was looking at. And I thought, you know, that sounds right to me. Mm. Uh, Most people don't care a lot about (laughs) work and doing well. And uh, about 4% are extremely interested in in that and podcasts and the intersection of them. So I thought, well, heck, 4% of professionals is plenty of audience. That's enough. So let's go for it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I uh, actually, you, you mentioned that you love this stuff from a teenager. I heard a quote on uh, one of your shows that I don't think I've ever heard before. You said that you had a favorite Dewey Decimal number, <laughs> and that's just seems, that just seems bizarre to me, especially from a teenager. 
Oh, yeah. Well, it was 158.1 success, <laughs> psychological aspects. <laughs> and it's great. It, it was as a kid, that was sort of where I would go in the library, both audio, either the audio cassette tapes, that's old school, or the books, because it was kind of like a, a takeaway lesson was like, you know, books can make you better in all sorts of different fields or areas. And, and these books make you better at living life. And it was such a rush for me to learn stuff and then realize, well, hey, uh, things are, are going better in terms of <laughs> achieving goals or having people listen to what I have to say, etc. And I was really digging it. Fantastic. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, and what what are some of, uh, now that you've sort of got stuck into the show, you're about, uh, about 150 episodes in, you just turned one year old, so congratulations for hitting that one oh, year thank mark. You. Um, what have what have been some of your uh, your favorite guests and favorite episodes? I know it's tough. To oh pick, sure, but, yeah. You know it's it's so interesting. I mean, in in many ways, they're they're all lovely in their respective ways, or else they wouldn't have aired. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's only happened a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> you know it's so funny. I think we are actually on a fantastic hot streak around episodes. 14, 15, 16. So even in the early days, it was kind of like we had uh, Dr. Marsha Reynolds. She actually made me cry and as she told a story about how she was in jail and someone just talked some sense into her and, and it just sort of changed her trajectory mm. and, and how she similarly talks about how to share messages that will land and connect with people when when providing coaching or whatnot then david allen number 15 legendary Massive. getting things done author uh someone i've admired for a long time i was thrilled he said yes yeah and then andrea waltz right after her him sorry episode 16 mm. talk about going for no kind of get groundbreaking stuff like ask for more than you think you will receive and that's actually a good way to go and if you hear no that means you've you've hit the natural Mm. and or a limit and so it was fun that was a real a real hot streak there that i really enjoyed those and and then lately you know i would go with um a radical candor with kim scott uh, what occurred uh, about episode 150 and i think that's just a great perspective associated with you know caring personally but challenging directly in your professional communications is a real sweet zone to be at but i i'm you got me going i could just keep talking and talking <laughs> Yeah, nice. Now they're they're also actually uh, episode sixteen, uh, Andrew Waltz. That's how I discovered you initially because I was doing a bit of research on her, and then I thought this is a pretty cool show, so I stuck around and um, and kept listening. So yeah, um, when you sort of started off, uh, I listened to like the very first episode. You did a bit of an intro as to what was happening and what their plans were, and I think you said you had a. It sounded like you had a whole team of people behind you. Uh, you had That's a few true. different people doing a few different things. How did you set all that up and, and what sort of people do you think are, are required to start off a podcast? Uh, required? Well, <laughs> I'd say in a way, you could absolutely do it all you. Yeah. And I, I think that especially if it's at a low frequency like like monthly. I, I think that that's fine. And, and it's, and I actually sort of enjoy editing audio and like get, just getting in there and playing with it. Oh, there's a lip smack. You know, <laughs> I'm, I cut that out. So I actually think it's kind of fun, but, but then it's sort of like, Whoa, where'd the three hours go? <laughs> I've been <laughs> deep into it. So, but I, in terms of my, my folks, I've got, I've got, well, pod post media is who I use for my 
uh, audio engineering and Charlie is so fantastic and at a good price. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do recommend them. I think they do great work. And so they'll, they'll do the audio editing and I'll have some folks I've encountered on upwork.com. We'll do the transcriptions. Nice. And so w- one of the things I love doing, and I don't see other people doing this, is w- the transcripts serve not only as a useful tool for folks who want to search or have things indexed or uh, read faster than they listen hmm. or are hearing impaired, but beyond that, or SEO, beyond those benefits, I like it just from the production organization standpoint because I'll actually be able to very quickly read through that and actually have someone else take the first crack at reading through that and then mark the parts in in red that ought to be cut and then mark the parts in yellow that ought to perhaps be highlighted in terms of our, our email list and such. Mm. And then that helps accelerate the the decisions associated with what part should stay versus go because it's on an, a, a visual uh, platform as opposed to a, a purely auditory platform, which is yes. a little harder to, to zero in and, and say, you know, oh, Nick – Nix that part over there. Yeah. Fantastic. That sounds like an awesome process. So, sorry, I just want to recap. So, you obviously do the episode. You get it transcribed by, say, a, a freelancer. And then mm-hmm. someone will read through. They'll highlight in red anything that they think should be cut and highlight the gold stuff. in, in I'll call it gold instead of yellow. They highlight the oh, gold sure. in, in gold. Is that sort of, is that sort of uh, am I on, on the track there? That's right. Yes. Yeah, so, so they take the first crack at it. And then I, I, I like having sort of two opinions because sometimes I'm like, yep, that's right. I uh-huh. was going to say that should go. Other times it's like, oh, I didn't think that should mm-hmm. go, but you're right. That doesn't add much to it. So, so thank you. And other times they, they cut some stuff as like, oh no, that's great banter. I want it. You know, so I over, <laughs> overruled. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. And that's, that's probably good. Cause I think for me, I, I, I've, I cut very little and I think I need to cut uh, more sometimes, but I get to it, get so attached to it. So maybe it's good to have someone else's eyes to, to highlight some of those 50-50 ones that they might tip you over the edge. And, and I'd say for the most part, I would say really 90% of episodes, we keep over 90% of the mm-hmm. words. Sure. Uh, but, you know, so that 10%, I mean, if, if, if it's maybe 40 if it's 40 minutes and you can trim four minutes that aren't doing much, I think that it sort of enhances the, the overall experience in that it's, uh, it's, it's all good. And mm. it's, I think it's more enjoyable that way as opposed to, oh, there was a three-minute rambly story and I didn't sure. care and my attention drifted versus, nope, that's not there. You can just enjoy it all. Yeah, nice. And I think you can sometimes probably lose people if it if it drags on a little too much. Uh, I definitely agree with that. And so, you, so you just turned one, and so we just sort of talked about that first episode. You had like a a one year recap and what's to come, which I thought uh, was really cool as well. Uh, and you still so you're publishing three episodes a week, yeah? That's right. Uh, and so, how does that? How do you go with that? It sounds like a, a lot. I'm doing I'm doing one a week, and that's that feels like enough. So, how do you go with three a week? You know, it is. It is a good amount, but I would estimate that, you know, all things considered, I might spend around three hours per episode at total of my uh-huh. time. Yep. And, and so the reason that's possible is because of, of, of the support here in terms of folks doing the transcription, the first round of, of markings, the, the audio editing. And so b- because I have that, that support in those processes, 
it, it works pretty well. And it's funny, I had someone make a custom piece of software, this was pretty fun, in which I can simply right-click the file, mm-hmm. and then do you use uh, Skype and Ecamm call recorder? Is that kind of your, yes. your yeah. setup? Yeah, correct. Oh, me too. So what we set up was I can right-click a file and it will create a new process in, inside the Mac such that it will automatically split the tracks, mm. convert the split tracks into MP3s, put those split tracks of MP3s into the folder that the audio people know to look for, put a merged MP3, you know, both tracks, uh, into a separate folder for the transcription, and then the team of transcription people know that to to be looking is like hey if there's a if there's an mp3 in this folder that means it's rare and to go so so i don't actually have to communicate <laughs> is that one click yes well, <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah well it's a right click and then a left click yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's cool uh that's very cool because yeah there's there's a, a, a little bit uh a few manipulations you have to make, I guess, with that audio. But if you just do that all in one click and it gets sent away, then perfect. <laughs> so that, that that's handy too. And I mean, and it's and in a way, it's not a big deal. I mean, you could you could click six times and and, yeah. and get the job done. <laughs> but uh, but you also sort of have to wait. You know, it's like okay, first the split tracks. Okay, mm. then now the swift. So it's not. It's <laughs> like you have to be kind of be somewhat attentive in there so so i like i like doing that there i also have sort of a media schedule google sheet in which everyone can kind of see uh, which guest is appearing on which release date and uh so they kind of have a sense for oh we should prioritize uh marking this transcript because that's going to be coming up sooner Mm -hmm. fantastic um not to you don't have to uh, lift the curtain too much, but uh, I know you said at the the start you already had sixteen uh, interviews recorded uh, before you put your first episode live. Is that right? You sort of like to stay a couple of weeks ahead. I do, yes, and I don't remember the exact number I had, but yeah, it was it was a good it was more than a dozen, I believe, mm. and that was. And it's pretty in the key because I'd say, you know, my latest mantra has been, you know, the best defense against a bad interview is a robust pipeline. Mm. And that's what I noticed is I tend to make compromises. Well, I have. I'm doing less of that now. I have to make compromises in terms of, you know, I don't know if that person said just the right kind of great valuable stuff that my particular audience would love but oh but gosh you know i don't want to be rude and Mm. i I want to keep the consistency going monday wednesday friday and we don't have a lot of other substitutes so it's sort of like if you have a a lot of people kind of already recorded or calendared scheduled to do a recording then you know it's not the end of the world if you need to drop somebody and and Mm. i'd say i have published over 90 percent of interviews uh, but you know some you know they just aren't quite gonna Mm. cut it and and so it's a shame when that happens but the more you have a kind of a a plethora uh, of options and and folks in the pipeline i think the the less you're you're prone to kind of squint and yeah (laughs) Maybe okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Um, well, that sounds yeah, that sounds really important. I think uh, making sure that you've always got, as you said, that pipeline there, so you're not desperate for guests and always searching for people all the time. You, you've got a nice uh, bit of comfort there. 
um, for sure. How do you go about finding your guests? Um, do you have a specific process, or yeah, how do you, how do you how do you select and find people, and then how do you try and get in touch with them and and get them to say yes? Well, I'd say for the for the finding, it comes from all kinds of different sources, really. And I'd say sometimes we hunt them down. Like a a listener will suggest that they want to learn something, mm-hmm. and then we'll go see who can who can speak to that. And so we'll just kind of Google around, see if anyone's written a book on it, etc. And and then go uh, go that pathway. Additionally, you know, guests do come to us frequently with in the form of their their publicists. Mm. And so I don't know how this happened. Maybe they were scouring the rankings or something. But this PR database called Cision, C-I-S-I-O-N, said, hey, we just want to make sure we've got the, the infos uh, right for your media outlet. It's like, ooh, I'm a media outlet. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's like, well, okay, well, I would say change this and this, please. And then yes. And so sure enough, I'll I'll get pitches uh, just about every weekday. Now, many of them are completely irrelevant. And and some of them are actually just products or clothing and and not even people. Uh, But uh, a fair number of them are are fantastic. And, And I think that it's it's good to you can just ask it to be included. And I think they'll probably say yes. And I, I've been I've been amazed at how some super impressive folks like Isaac Lidsky, for example, he mm. did a TED talk. He is is blind and yet among the most accomplished humans alive. He's clerked for Supreme Court justices, uh, was a child actor, uh, has millions of views of his TED talk, uh, super successful entrepreneur, great perspective about vision and perspective. Uh, perspective about perspective and <laughs> and it just so, so just fantastic and, and that came from a pitch because you know he had a book coming out and he his his publicist just like went for it and so i was frankly surprised i thought oh my gosh this guy is so fantastic has such a great bio he's probably just going to be on like dozens upon dozens of podcasts because his his publicists are, are working it and mm. and i'm surprised that, that he wasn't and and i don't know if that's because uh, folks aren't carefully sifting through every incoming pitch the way our, our team does hmm. or if it's because well maybe i don't know i'm special and and Isaac <laughs> people said now that's a nice fit for what our message let's be selective in the reach out but uh, i'd say so part of them come uh, to us mm-hmm. and then other times we'll just peruse the sort of amazon upcoming books mm-hmm. you know and say these are our authors who who want the publicity and so we'll, we'll we'll take a gander and say all right who's got a book coming out in about 2 months from now within these key uh, sort of sub uh, mm-hmm. topics you could do an amazon advanced search for you know, upcoming releases within this section. And then, you know, maybe one out of 20 will sound great. And then we'll uh, kind of hunt them down wherever they are. Uh, <laughs> and, and we're not shy about using the contact form on uh, a website. Like mm. people really do look at those and reply to the contact form, even though sometimes it feels like that the contact form saying, go away. I don't <laughs> want to give you my email. Yeah. They, they respond and say, yes, thank you. I, I'd love to be on your show. So, yeah, however, we can hunt them down from there. And the response rate has been pretty good, particularly for, via that channel, because it's it's like they want all the publicity they can get. Yeah, and when sure. it's coming to them, they say, awesome. For sure. Um, I know you also mentioned you had a few top tiers that you wanted to target. David Allen was one that you 
hit very early. Uh, what, what are some of the other the other big names you're going after? Well, sure. You know, I, I'd say that Nick Morgan was another one that I was very keen to to get because I had read his book. Uh, give your speech change the world it was very influential for me and and he, sure enough uh dr morgan joined us on episode 41 and and that was cool uh greg McEwen, uh, mm. who wrote about essentialism yeah that's uh, a cool one was episode 38 and so uh, that was a hit and you know i'd say some of the others that i i have in mind i mean i i'm, I'm gunning for them and it's it, it's interesting in terms of schedules and and busyness and and what their relative priorities are, but Amy Cuddy mm-hmm. and Adam Grant mm. are uh, are sort of two of my my dream guests that I <laughs> I have <laughs> I, I have in, in various stages of the dance of, of of trying to reach out and it's so funny I'll tell you what there's a psychological block at times it's like oh no I have to craft the perfect email for mm. this guest. And I think that that's silly, <laughs> and I, I just need to get over it. Uh, but at the same time, it's like I do want to make a great impression. And if I have a warm intro, I want to ask for it. And so I, I thought I had one, but then I didn't. And and so I said, well, maybe I'll, another opportunity will show up. And I'm discovering that my LinkedIn is just blowing up as each guest becomes a connection. Mm. Suddenly, I, I'm a second-degree connection away from many people that I wasn't before, and, and so that's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> um, Adam Grant just had a new book, and uh, we also tried to have a crack, but uh, but no luck on, on that front. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my hunch is that he did a huge round of podcast interviews, and then yeah. partially as a result, he's now uh, much more in demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> than he so is, was for the previous round, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'd say you're spot on there. Um, and I was very impressed with the the podcast started out, uh, I'd say, pretty professional pretty early in that you were, you were definitely committed. It sounded really good. It wasn't just uh, you on your iPhone in the sitting in traffic or anything. It was it was always very professional from the start. Uh, and you definitely sort of put out that, that long-term commitment that you said, you know, you're going to stick around for it. Uh, you're not going to, you know, do 10 episodes and disappear. Uh, do you think that was important for for building a, a nice audience and having a good show and things like that? Well, I, I mean, I do think sound quality absolutely is important. I, I don't know if my long-term commitment, how much uh, people listened to that episode 000 and, and, and took those words to heart and, and said, okay, then I will commit to you, Pete. <laughs> I, I don't know if that, how much that happened. Uh, but, I mean, my, my, my thinking was that I... I, I really am in it for the long haul. And and, mm. and frankly, you know, if I had 100 episodes and saw no traction, uh, I would probably hang it up. Mm. Uh, but I, I did want to give it a, a fair shot. And and, and it is. It, it's moving in good directions and it's, it's solid. But I, I think that, especially in the universe of uh, podcasts about online business and, you know, escape the rat race and mm. passive income, yada, yeah. yada. Yeah. I, I mean, it... The reality is it takes a while to build uh, a media asset that is going to be kind of returning uh, mm. monies to you. So, I mean, you know, I, I've invested, I don't know, 30,000 bucks mm. uh, thus far, and, I, and I'm only now beginning to see some, some sponsorship revenue. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and, and hopefully as I've learned more and more about my audience and, and their needs and wants and desires and how that intersects with my expertise to create some offerings that really is, is a smart fit in terms of what they need and what I know, then that will be all the better. Uh, but I, I think it's, it's quite foolhardy to, to think that out of the gate, you're going to go viral and have, yeah. Uh, tens of thousands of downloads per episode just a couple months in and and be on your way to internet millions yeah yeah exactly i like how you said that you thought you'd uh you'd do a test run of 100 episodes and see if there was any traction <laughs> <laughs> some people might be like oh i might do three or four and see how it goes <laughs> that's awesome well pete who should uh who should listen to the show and and where should they start Oh, thank you. You know, I know my answer to that question is so much more refined now than it was before I had the big survey. And so that would be one mm. of my pro tips nice. is, you know, who you think the audience is may be very different than who the audience is, in fact. Mm. And so I'd say along those lines, uh, I'd say the, my audience, I, I learned, you know, I thought that the I assumed that they would be maybe 26 years old. Mm-hmm. The, the median age is about 33. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, in the zone, but, you know, I, I had also figured that maybe the slight majority would have direct reports, you know, they'd have some management responsibilities, mm-hmm. but the slight majority do not mm-hmm. have management responsibilities. I, I had assumed that maybe 55% would be female. It's more like 73%. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so, it, so that's been kind of eye-opening in that sense. Is that you know the audience was kind of close to what I thought it might be, but 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 in fact different. And so mm. I'd say the, the person who should listen in terms of like I think the ethos is you know if you're a lifelong learner who has a natural desire to just learn and strive and grow for development. And you get sort of a thrill when you discover a cool new way to do something better. Like, ooh, I've never thought of it that way. And you want to enjoy work and you enjoy work more when you're learning, growing, being awesome. And you like making a bigger impact on your on your team and the world as a result uh, with your career rise. Then, then that's kind of the vibe that mm. we, we cater to and, and, and we're all digging. Nice. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's uh, definitely worth listening to if you fall into that category for sure. Is there anything else uh, you want to leave us with or uh, where should people go or and check you out? Oh, sure. Well, you're all podcast listeners, so wherever you <laughs> do your listening, it's Just, called Awesome at Your Job and or How to Be Awesome at Your Job. And then the website is awesomeatyourjob.com. And, and I'd say if you're enjoying the, the podcast journey, stick with it. It can take some, some time. To, to see things grow but what's really cool is just the stickiness mm. uh, associated with it and and i would say if you think about the power of compounding it can really get huge so it's fun i like to take a look at my stats at the the downloads of an episode the day it's released mm. because it's sort of hard to know you know how many subscribers do you really have yeah but that can give you a rough sense of it and so sure enough, you know, I, I think, you know, day by day, week by week, it doesn't look like that number's changing. But if you like go back in time by like three, four months, you could say, holy smokes, like <laughs> this number is 50 percent higher than it used to be. And, and if you think about like that compound growth impact over multiple years, you, you could really have mm. a, a force on your hands. But sure. it, it could, it's going to take some time. Fantastic. 
Well, thanks so much, and I hope uh, I hope people listen, and I hope uh, yeah, people have got a few nice tips for if they do their own podcast. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for your time this morning, Pete. Oh, thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Pete Makaitis. That's M O C K A I T I S. He's got an awesome podcast, How to Be Awesome at Your Job, and I really learned a lot from it. And I hope you did too. You can check out more episodes at thepodcastaboutpodcasts.com. I'll see you next time.